Welcome to show number 18 on 15 Minutes with the Doctor. Welcome to 15 Minutes with the Doctor. The 15 minute appointment where we share powerful stories from healthcare entrepreneurs and innovators so you can grow your idea of business. Uh huh. Just to say hello to your host, Dr. Vinay Today, we have Lisa, founder of Walk With Path. Lisa was inspired to start the company after she witnessed the challenges her father faced with Parkinson's disease. The company's focus on increasing mobility and preventing injuries. Lisa shares with us how she generates ideas, why users and problems are at the heart of her design processes, and hear more about her journey to creating two physical products. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about Walk With Path. Sure. So Walk With Path started in 2014 on the back of a student project that I was working on while studying innovation design engineering in London. Mm-hmm. And essentially the final project that was my degree project and was present at the show was about mobility and improving mobility in people with various chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. That led to some interest from users and others, which gave me the belief in taking the project forward. So later that year, I started um, moving forward as more of a business on the back of the initial student project. So that's how the, the startup kind of came about. I understand you were studying a double master's in innovative design. Is that correct? Yeah, it's called Innovation Design Engineering. And yes, it was a double master's at Imperial and the Royal College of Arts. Why did you want to look at mobility? Why did you choose that topic area? I wanted to explore mobility due to personal interest. I have some mobility issues in my family with my father, uh, who suffers from Parkinson's. I've seen the different changes that have happened, and those are very severe. And so I wanted to see how you might possibly be able to impact it positively using design or technology as opposed to current methods. And what was the problem? What issue did you see with the current methods in regards to mobility for, let's say, things like Parkinson's? So there are some symptoms of Parkinson's that aren't well treated by drugs. One example is this symptom called freezing of gait, where somebody suddenly feels as if glued to the floor and unable to take another step. Current drug methods don't really help to alleviate that symptom very much. Mm -hmm. They can a little bit, but there is not much assistance during the kind of off period, for instance. And some people don't really respond to the drug at all in terms of that specific symptom. So as a result, there's no real good solution at the moment, or at least there wasn't. And basically, I started seeing what are the coping strategies that people employ and that the people actually have different ways of obtaining some sort of cueing in their environment, be it that their spouse or closest family member might uh, sell them something, so like using kind of auditory cueing, or be it that somebody comes and helps them by putting a foot in front of them that they can then use as a cue to step across. Mm-hmm. So that was some of the initial observations that led to thinking about the idea of having a more 
I suppose, independent device that would enable the patient to not have to rely on other people. So it would give a bit more independence to the individual, but likewise also some more freedom perhaps to the family members that might otherwise be very much engaged in assisting. So tell us a little bit more about the two products you've got. One's Pathfinder and one is currently in development, which is Pathfeel. So Pathfinder is a visual cueing product that was launched last year. It's in the form of a shoe attachment and Mm -hmm. it provides the laser cue in the kind of walking path of the individual. So meaning that in front of the feet, the user will see a kind of green line that they can use as a cue to step across. Mm-hmm. And that's what we found to work well specifically in Parkinson's, but we're also currently exploring it for other populations, including people with stroke and other movement disorders. Okay. And then our second product, uh, Pathfield, is an insole that provides a haptic or vibrational feedback during walking. And this is aimed at a broader population with balance issues or sensory deficits due to neuropathy as a cause of various conditions like diabetes or general aging. So that product is currently in development and we're testing it in collaboration with UCL in London mm-hmm. in two different patient populations to see the effects it has on balance. Yeah. So the aim is to launch that product next year in 2019, uh, subject to obtaining funding, of course. So at the moment, we're actually going through a fundraising round. Right, okay. So that's an exciting time. And how's that fundraising round going? What have you learned and is there anything you could share with us? Well, this is our second round. So we've learned a lot in the kind of overall process. It's very important, I think, to have user feedback, which we now have. And that's a big part of this. What else? Raising funding is something quite involved. It takes a lot of time. Luckily, we've been actually very lucky with our current investors who are helping a lot on on various kind of business aspects and strategies and um, legal aspects and and business. So ideally, we want to work with investors who want to play an active role. I want to go back a little bit and talk about the two products and their ideas. The two very different products technologically one is looking at vibration and feedback and one is looking at has lasers and is visually related what gave you the idea where did this idea come from and how did you think i will implement it next both ideas came using a kind of user-centered design process of iterative design Mm -hmm. so that means speaking with users spending time with users and doing both direct interviews but also observation. So as part of that process, I I spoke to both people with Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis, as well as their family members and some healthcare professionals to kind of fully understand the impact that the conditions have on daily life. And then went through understanding the problems at, at quite a level of detail before starting to think about what might possibly be the solution to assist with those problems. And then it's been very iterative, meaning that you then discuss ideas, you do quick testing. The design process that I followed was basically fail fast if you don't have the right idea. So you want to test out principles very quickly Mm -hmm. in a rough manner so that you can validate them before you actually spend a lot of effort and time on moving forward. So you found from your own personal experiences that there was a problem, then you went out and did some research with the affected user groups and developed 
a small test product and then built upon that yeah. each time? Is that the process that you normally follow for generating ideas or a new product? Yes, people follow different processes, but I do believe this is the best process to fully engage in the problem and making sure you understand that well before you start thinking about solutions. Other people can come at problems having a technology and then maybe looking to how can that be used for various things and that that's a different way of trying to tackle things. Mm-hmm. But in my view, the problem will always be the first thing to focus on. It's a good way to get users engaged and potential test subjects or test groups for the product in the future. Yeah, it's a good question. I think we've been quite lucky in obtaining candidates to help us with testing. We also had some help from the Parkinson's UK Association, which is the kind of national association for people with Parkinson's in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they engaged with us on a research basis in helping us to recruit participants. From a patient perspective, often people, if they have a problem that they don't currently have a solution to, in many cases, they do seem willing to try new things and to explore and to try and move forward together, which has been the case here. The input from patients is very valuable to us and in making sure that the product is right in the end. Mm -hmm. So there's also value for patients in engaging and having their say on what the final solution should be. You mentioned that you're looking for some new funding and are going through that process now. How has Walk With Path been funded so far? Yes, we are going through our second round of funding. So, so far we've had uh, one funding round from angel investors and we also received a, a range of grants to assist us so far. So that's been the kind of main funding in addition to some personal investments. Your current product that's available, Pathfinder, that's on sale through your website. How did you decide for the pricing for that product? So part of the reason for the pricing is based on our cost of production. So we're we're obviously a small business and as such, we don't have unlimited funds and we have to make a small initial batch. So when you source components for a small batch, it sets the price higher than if you source components for a big batch. Of course, yeah. So part of it is our production costs, which are fairly high. Mm-hmm. And part of it is obviously we need to, to be able to survive and be able to do further R&D and move forward. So it's largely driven by our production costs, to be honest. Are you able to give us a rough figure of how many units you've sold so far? Yes. So far, we've probably reached about 50 or 60 across Europe mainly. Okay. But just recently, we've actually launched partnerships with Parkinson's UK and France Parkinson, right, excellent. who are now stocking our product in their catalogue. So hopefully this will help to build greater awareness, because obviously awareness is one of the key things for us, and having a, a brand that people can trust and that people know. Actually, if you think of the number of people that have Parkinson's, is not as large as, let's say, other conditions such as heart disease, for example. And the number of people who then have specifically the freezing of gait symptom is going to be smaller. So to reach out to these people and to create awareness, I suspect, has been quite challenging. Yeah, it has been challenging, I suppose, finding users and finding people with the condition. Some of them aren't online. So mm-hmm. that way it becomes harder to engage with them. Of course, yeah. But luckily, many of them have adult children who are and who are actively looking for solutions for their parents. 
So we actually find that it's often the adult children who get in touch with us. Right, okay. There are many barriers to finding the patients. They're also of an age group where in many countries in Europe, they might not be so used to English. Right. And so given our website was for a long time only in English, then that was a bit of a barrier. So now we're looking to broaden the website into more languages. We recently launched the French and Spanish, for instance. But we're hoping to also launch in German and Danish is about to be completed as well. Healthcare is seeing many startups in the digital space. For example, we're seeing lots of apps and those kind of things coming to the market now. You have created a physical product. What have been the key challenges for you and how have you approached them? You're absolutely right. I also see apps in most places when it comes to kind of healthcare and digital health and so on. There's a lot of apps around. So we actually don't meet that many other hardware startups mm-hmm. in our kind of space and in networking sessions, etc. I suppose one of the challenges of hardware is that once you've produced a product, you can't just release a new version on the app store. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit more hard and fast. You can't really change it too much once you've gone through production. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely more of a kind of hard deadline in terms of finalizing product development. But I really personally like tangible products and physical items. And I do think for our user group, as I said, many of them aren't actually online. And some of them also don't have smartphones. It's something we ask everybody about just to kind of understand our user group better when they have our products and so on, what kind of phone do they have? And a lot of them don't have smartphones. Mm -hmm. So maybe an app isn't the right kind of solution for this group. So maybe a physical product actually serves more of a need within this user group that we're targeting. Plus, for the kind of issues that we're aiming to tackle, this seems like the most appropriate solution. So to be honest, when I was looking at the problem again in the kind of initial phases of the project, It wasn't so much about what kind of technology should I be using to solve it. Mm -hmm. It was more about what is the best solution that I can come up with, regardless of what it is. Is it a service? Is it a product? Is it kind of simple, basic product? Does it have to contain electronics? Is it an app? I mean, that doesn't really matter in the kind of design process, in my view. It's more about what is the best solution that I can possibly come up with, whatever that might be. And that was the approach. In the initial phases, I did my own prototyping and I didn't have any idea of how to do electronics. So I had to kind of pick that up. So it wasn't the most convenient choice for me. But it was the only way that I thought I could solve the problem, to be honest. So I had to kind of learn some basic skills to, to create the kind of rough prototype to do my initial basic validation testing and then only after that my colleague Florian joined me who has much more engineering skills than me and a a background in engineering so since then he's picked it up and been able to advance the product much more but uh, but yeah obviously in the early days electronics is not like it was an easy choice yeah I could have much easier gone down another route but it was not about that it was all about what is the best solution for the problem that we're facing I think it's a really good approach and you've stuck to solving the problem and keeping the user in mind. And it's interesting because there are a lot of healthcare apps out there. But as you say, there is a fundamental issue, which is that a lot of the elderly patients, which do need that extra health support, 
do struggle with, for example, using a smartphone or using the touch interface because of problems with their hands or other conditions that might affect their ability to do that. And you could have thought maybe I could build a smartphone app with a flashing light or some sort of other feature which uses a smartphone capability, but you stuck to your original vision and plans to get what you knew and what your research told you was the best for your users. Yes, absolutely. And there's a lot more detail to it in terms of the visual cue, how it's projected and where it's projected is quite important. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's on the foot, because during movement and during walking, the last place that moves when you, for instance, move your right foot forward is actually the toe of your left foot. Halfway through the step, your torso and your upper body will be halfway through the step as well. It will be halfway forward. But the only place that's still on the ground and therefore static as a place to project from so that you're not targeting a moving object is actually the opposite toe. So that's the reason for the placement, because the last thing you want is a moving target that you're aiming for something and then it moves as you're moving towards it. That wouldn't be very good. So there are many reasons for the current design and how it's created based on many user insights about where it should be placed, what kind of foot positioning people have, their stance, their way of walking, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that has been taken into account. Could your product Pathfinder be used with more common issues, for example, things like falls and helping people with general mobility around the house, for example? Yeah, we're actually exploring that. So we're working with a couple of physiotherapists to see whether it can be used in a more generic elderly population. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, as you say, falls risk significantly increases. Actually, at a quite young age, it's yeah. estimated that one in three over 65 will mm-hmm. have a fall at least once a year. So it's quite significant. And at 85, that becomes one in two. So certainly, falls are a massive issue, not just in Parkinson's, but in much broader populations. So the aim with the kind of elderly trials that we're going through is to see if we can increase step length because we know that step length can get decreased as people age and maybe even confidence because confidence is a major contributor to falls in its own right. Good luck with that because I feel that could give the product a much wider scope and much wider usage. Yes, absolutely. So where can people learn more about walk with path and get in touch with you so we have a website with a host of information which is www.walkwithpath.com but of course people can also get in touch with me directly so my email is lisa l-i-s-e at walkwithpath.com if they have any other questions if they would like to collaborate test our product i'd be very pleased to hear from anybody who's interested in working with us that's great thank you Thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to 15 Minutes with the Doctor at www.finishencard.net slash 15 Minutes with the Doctor. Uh-huh. Dr. Vinay Shankar. Uh-huh. Dr. Vinay Shankar.